Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right. I want to welcome everyone to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, Brandon Allen. And the question of today is, what is your identity? As a leader, as a business owner, identity is so important because it not only uh, is important to who you are and how you express yourself, right? And when we talk about self-expression in entrepreneurship, we talk about sole purpose and sole purpose is all about who am I and who am I trying to be? Who, who am I at my best and how do I provide value for other people? When we know that about ourselves, we can then craft a business around that. But then we've got another uh, hurdle to jump in, in identifying, okay, well, who is my business? Who is my business? What is my business uh, at its best? What is it when it's not at its best? Who is my business for? Who does my business serve? There are a lot of things that have to do with self-identity. But the problem is, is a lot of people go through this process of starting a business and, and doing work without really asking the question about, you know, what is my identity? Not only what is my personal identity as a leader, but what is the identity of my business? And when we talk about total experience design, we always talk about how do we create a business by design versus default. And one of those things is if I understand who I am and what I bring to the table, I can design something that brings out the best of what that is. And this is not an easy topic. This is a topic that uh, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of introspection, takes a lot of time. Uh, I share this in a presentation that I give about investor DNA, which is kind of a, a, a process of sole purpose and helping you to identify who you are as an investor. And it's a quote by Norman McLean. And Norman McLean w- wrote a book about the man Gulch fires. I believe it was in the late 40s uh, and about the firefighters that fought in uh, you know, fought those fires. And he said, he had this quote in there. He said, the problem with self-identity is not just a problem for the young. So we think, okay, if we're talking about self-identity, this is something that young people need to struggle with and go through. But he said, it is a problem all the time, perhaps the problem. It should haunt old age. And when it no longer does, it should tell you that you're dead. And I think what Norman's trying to say here is that Self-identity is important, but self-identity isn't, number one, a dead-end street. It's not like you get to a destination and you're done. It's something that you're always peeling back layers. And if you're not in that process of peeling back layers, you're maybe not dying a physical death, but you're dying maybe a, uh, you know, a, a, a soul death, you know, and not having any growth or, or investing in, uh, you know, your, your next steps and and how you provide value to other people. And so when we talk about what is your identity, you know, that's really what I'm talking about. And and when we don't have the identity, when we don't understand that, we're not positioning ourselves well. Point number three of the Total Experience Design Manifesto is that experience springs from the roots of the business, the roots of the business being mission, vision, values. Why do we exist? Where are we going? What do we value? What do we care about? But when we don't understand our personal selves, then it's hard to put these things together. And I'm a big believer in first starting with your own personal self-identity and then using that to kind of build out your 
bigger picture identity as a business. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the one thing that we have, and I think what's so hard about this is that if you work in an industry, and I, I work with a lot of different industries, dentistry, chiropractic, I work with supplement uh, producers, I've, uh, you know, I work with contractors, uh, logistics companies, I mean, you name it, man, I work with all sorts of different clientele and different industries. And the problem is with, you know, the struggle that every industry has is that there are, there are other providers, there are other people who do what you do. And if I'm not clear on my identity, how do I, how do I tell the story about what I do that's going to attract people that I want to work with? And, and when I, when I think about marketing, I think about telling stories. I think about telling a story and painting a picture for the kind of person that's going to resonate with my story and drawing them to my business so that I can create value for that person. And so I think about this. So how does this play out? Like I think about my own uh, process of self-discovery. And, you know, this was something that, you know, I was not open to. And I want to I acknowledge this challenge as well. Uh, you know, I've been uh, reading a book on trauma and how trauma impacts, you know, our our mind, body, and spirit, and 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 what goes on in that process. And it's really helped me to appreciate my own trauma. But it, it also helps me to recognize sometimes the limitations that we have in the self identity process when we have become numb to certain parts of who we are because of past experiences. And so when we think about like what is challenging about understanding identity. There's a lot of different things that go with that. I mean, sometimes people just don't take the time to really think about it. Sometimes people have traumatic pasts. And I think about some of the most successful driven entrepreneurs. And you look at, look, you look at some of these guys that are super driven, really uh, trying to make a difference in the world. And I'm not saying this is all of them, but a lot of these guys that I've met, we relate in one level. And that is there's something in our past that's not ideal. Either uh, you know we didn't know our dad, or or there was uh, physical or sexual abuse, or whatever it is. I mean, there's something there that drives people, and people's response to traumatic experiences can be wildly different. And in one of the ways that people will try to overcome is through uh, being driven and and trying to prove to people that we're okay. And, and that you're okay. And so we really drive ourselves to, uh, to that experience. And so, uh, you know, as I think about identity, I, I, I'm appreciative of all the different things that get in our way that, that keep us from really understanding that process at the level that we could. But as I peel back layers of my own self-discovery, I, I've also start to recognize more and more about myself and how I operate that really helped me to create value for other people at a deeper level. But one of the things that I've, I really started to pay attention to, and this is something I wasn't good at when I was younger, you know, people would give me compliments and I would dismiss them. I would downplay it or I would dismiss it. I mean, I would rarely, rarely if ever, maybe not ever say to someone, hey, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. I would never say that. I'd make a joke about it. I would self-deprecate. I would dismiss it altogether, and I wouldn't receive compliments. And because of that, I really never internalized the nice things that people said about me in using that as as a as an opportunity to develop some patterns 
of thinking and, and understanding about how I work. And so one of the things that I've noticed a lot from people over the years is people come to my workshops, people do coaching with me. And one of the things they say is, Brandon, you ask really good questions. You ask the kind of questions that allow me to go a little bit deeper into what I'm thinking or what I'm trying to experience here that gives me a, a different level of understanding. Now, as I, as I thought about self-identity and I started creating this for my own business, I, I cannot tell you, and I wish I, should, I wish I would have kept, and I probably have them somewhere, old drafts of mission statements that we created in the business. And I'm telling you, it's straight out of Dilbert. It's straight out of a comic strip. It's embarrassing almost to think about how, um, how plain and unoriginal some of our early mission statements were. Um, you know, and, and one of our early mission statements, I, I think was, it wasn't like horrible, but it was really about, you know, how do we help someone build their own sole purpose? In fact, I used to have a blog that was called Build Your Soul Purpose because what we wanted to do was build a business around your soul purpose. Like how do we build something that really allows you to express your purpose? And so our mission statement centered around, okay, how do we build a a structure for entrepreneurs to really express their purpose? And you know, that's kind of something that we did. But I, you know, what happened was is I got this whole thing with soul purpose. And I got all these life coaches and different healers and different people who wanted to connect with me. But quite frankly, and this is no disrespect to, to any of those kind of people, that's not necessarily my scene. I don't want to collaborate. Um, or, you know, I've, I've rarely met someone in that space where I thought, well, we should collaborate. Now, there's people that I do collaborate with in that space that I think are wonderful and great, and I'm really appreciative of them. But it wasn't something I wasn't trying to play in that space. But I kept getting people who had asked me about that because of my use of the word purpose and, and soul purpose together. You know, I got a lot of different people who responded to me. So I, I decided to change the direction and the name that we went. But over time, as people were, uh, you know, asking me and complimenting me about asking questions and, and what my process is and how I made that work, um, you know, it started to help me understand like what I really wanted to do is a mission. And so our mission statement today is to create rich environments for self-discovery, knowledge, and creation that build the confidence of leaders for the benefit of the communities that these leaders serve. That's the mission statement that, that came from how do we create environments that, that are rich for self-discovery and, and increased knowledge and then gives them the ability to take that information and now create a next step or create a business, whatever that is, and, and to really build their confidence that because I'm a big believer in and I've seen this in my own life, the more I understand myself, the more confident I am in everything that I do. When I wasn't confident in this, what would happen is someone would come to me and, and they would ask me to do a project that I wasn't really sure was my deal. But I was so worried about letting someone down or I was worried about am I making the right choice or not. I would take on projects that I really didn't have any business doing. It, and it wasn't necessarily because I wasn't qualified. It just wasn't something that I enjoyed. And I kept finding myself getting sucked into projects that I didn't really love. And part of it was because I just didn't know enough about who I was and how I created value to be able to discern between what is an opportunity for me and what is a distraction. And that can be so hard as a business owner, especially early in the early stages of your career. It's hard to really figure out what that is. And, and look, I, as a rule of thumb, I generally tell early stage business owners say yes a lot. You know, when you, when you get mature and you start to develop uh, a real groove and a, and a real growth uh, plane for your business, man, you can be pickier about that. But in the early, uh, you know, in the early stages of your business, 
Yes can be your friend because Yes helps you understand what works, what doesn't, what do I like, what do I don't. So Yes can be a great and powerful tool. But the more I started to understand myself, the more it gave me confidence to really discern between what were the best speaking engagements, what are the best types of clients to work with, how do we screen people so that I make sure that I position uh, a person for uh, you know success and that I know you know where they're at and and I know that I can help them at a high level. You know all those things are present in this process of identity. And so when I think about this, you know the first thing I want to talk about is is just you know that's kind of the knowledge piece. But let's talk about self discovery and and self discovery. I think is so key because we don't spend a lot of time with this. Um, and we're just not really taught this, but this is where I think the value of coaching can really come in. And, you know, not only do I coach for a living, but I have a coach and I generally have someone who's speaking into my life as a coach in some capacity in some way, shape or form. And, you know, for me, I really wanted to deepen my my own coaching skills and wanted to go deeper in the value that I provided this year, not working with more clients, but taking, uh, you know, the, 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 the small amount of clients that I personally work with. And, and really figuring out how do I go deeper in the value that I provide. And so I started coaching in this process. And one of the very first things that I had to do was I had to ask people a question about, hey, when I show up in the room, what shows up with me? And, and I was like, oh my gosh, like who wants to ask those kinds of questions to other people? Right. Because you're kind of, you know, you start getting a little worried about, okay, what are people going to say? Um, you know, am I going to like what I, what I hear? You know, those kinds of things. So I had to ask the question when I show up in a room, you know, what typically shows up with me? And so I, I picked 12 people that I called and personally asked this question. And, and so we synthesize this into five different areas. And I'm only sharing this with you just to get an idea of kind of how this process can really unfold and really help you. But we came up with five keywords that that was synthesized from the feedback that I got from people that I asked. And I asked people that work with me. I asked friends that are newer friends and older friends, people I go to church with. I even called the pastor of my church, which actually I was a little worried about because I wrote the list of people that I was going to call down before I knew why I was writing these people down. And I'm not sure that I would have picked my pastor, not because I don't like him, but because I was just a little worried about what, what he was really going to say, right? He was going to give me the, the, the real goods here. But uh, there were five things that came up here, uh, you know, in terms of like, who am I? One of them was connection. Uh, which I think totally makes sense. I, I love to, you know, when people ask me my purpose, you know, I, I tell them I'm a person of deep curiosity who likes to connect people to people and people to ideas. I enjoy that. And so connection is one. Brilliance is another. Wit, um, it, you know, is is another. If you've been to one of my workshops, uh, you would maybe say that that is true. Integrity is another one. And uh, stand. Now, what was interesting about this is that I really had a hard time with integrity. And and I, the reason why I didn't choose integrity because I can think of all these times where I'm not an in integrity, where you know maybe I said I would do something and I didn't do it or I was late for a call or whatever it is. And so um, you know, like this used to be a weekly podcast. It doesn't come out weekly anymore. You guys know this, right? Like all these things that are not like in integrity. And so I was really nervous about that. And I said, I'm not sure that I want to use integrity as one of my words. And it was interesting because, uh, you know, my coach said, hey, we feel the absence of what we are most. So when we are that thing, we feel it more deeply when we're not. 
And man, that really resonated with me. But I don't know about you, but I, I think it's really easy to, to, to get lost in that and think, man, you know, I'm not this thing um, very often. And so uh, I don't know if I want to take that on. But when he, when he explained it like that, it really made sense to me. And so I think coaching can be a really powerful tool. You know, I can use these things to say, okay, how do I bring that into everything that I do, whether it be this podcast, whether it be a workshop that I'm doing, whether it be something that I'm creating from a content standpoint, how do I bring these things into, you know, those things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis? So coaching can be a really powerful thing. And look, books are great. Books can be one of those areas that kind of help with self-discovery. One of the books that that really kind of got this ball rolling of purpose for me was the book Unique Ability. I tell people that all the time. There's an exercise in Unique Ability that's similar to the exercise that I just described to you, except for you write a letter to people and you ask them for some feedback about what makes you exceptional. I think tools like that can help you start to derive patterns, right? If you do a Colby or a DISC or a Myers-Briggs, the more personality assessments that you do, the more you start to see patterns emerge about who you are and how you think that can help you kind of identify, okay, what is my identity? Who am, who am I? And look, this is really challenging, right? Because as we start to discover this, what we realize is sometimes we fit outside of a mold. And if I'm being honest, like I remember going to coaching and speaking training, and I remember speakers saying, you should never say this, or you should never do that. That's, you know, that's too divisive. It's too alienating or whatever it is. Right. And what I realized is like, that's not me. And so I do say things like that. I do talk that way and I'm going to risk the criticism that comes with that so that I can be more authentic. But I tried it the other way. I tried to be very sanitized, very buttoned up, and it just didn't work. So if you come to a workshop, then uh, if you're a certain kind of person, uh, and there's a lot of these kind of people that live in my home state of Utah that get offended easily, then it's likely that you may be offended by something that comes out of my mouth uh, during that workshop. Like that's just going to happen, right? And and I used to run from that, but when I started to embrace it, I realized that people by and large appreciated the workshop more because it felt more real. And when I used to do the workshop before that, you know, it it wasn't the best version of me. It wasn't the real version of me. And I think my feedback reflected that as well. And so having identity and embracing that identity is so critical, but it can be hard to do that. But, you know, books can be a great tool to kind of help you with this process. And look, uh, you know, I talked about trauma and I talked about things that happen in our in our lives that are not ideal, whether we're adults or whether we're kids and what happens with that. But this can be a real inhibitor to identifying embracing self because, uh, you know, in the face of tough times, we can deny ourselves and we can shut certain areas of ourselves off off so that we don't experience everything that we have to offer um, for ourselves. And so, uh, look, I, I don't say this lightly, but therapy has been uh, you know, a real uh, help for me personally. But if you would have asked me 20 years ago, hey, would you go see a therapist? I'd be like, you know, what therapy is, you know, for complainers or, you know, I don't do therapy, man. Like I just fix my shit. Okay. Like that's just what I do. And you know, it's funny how my own uh, outlook of that has changed as I've realized like, Hey, it's important to talk about some of these things and work through some of these things to start uncovering certain areas about myself that I tried to cover up that, uh, you can, you can dump as much dirt and pile as many rocks on as you want, but they still manage to surface up to the top where you're like, shit, 
Where did that come from? Why did why is that manifesting itself here? I'm not I'm not ready for that. And so look, therapy can be a great thing and a great tool for self-discovery to really get you back to the essence of who are you um, at, at its essence. And I think there's a lot of other great self-discovery tools. Yoga, uh, I think is a great tool for that. I think running, um, you know, I was a, I was a runner. I still run. Uh, I'm not the runner that I used to be, but, uh, I think running is a great tool for self-discovery. Just a lot of different things that you can do to really tap into who you are. What I love about running, it's kind of like yoga. Uh, you, you start to get really mindful about how you feel, how you think, how you breathe. It just really starts to call to mind certain things that just allow you to really focus in on like, how am I doing? And what I didn't appreciate at the time is there's a therapy that's involved in running that just really allows you to kind of tap into yourself, gives you time to think about things that you're pondering, things that are going on in your life and and you know what you want to do next with that. And so once you have that self-discovery piece and you've got that knowledge piece of of, of understanding of of how this fits in and and why, you know, why that's important is you could start to create around this. And uh you know, your business is an extension of you. And so the the great thing about this is people say, "Well, gosh, what is you know, I'm a dentist. What makes me unique?" There's tons of dentists. And the thing that makes you unique is you. You are the unique factor. What is it about your personality? What are some things that that you do or how you think that are just a little bit different? And that's the that is the competitive advantage that every single person listening to this podcast has is that you have you and no one else is you. No one has your set of skills, experiences, knowledge, outlook. No one has those things and so you have the opportunity now to bring all that together in a really powerful way that is is you. And this takes time. It takes time to really bring out the essence of what that looks like. But I, I think it's so important. And, and the problem with doing this and building that foundation of the mission, vision, and values and 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 really uh, you know, designing an experience around that is that we as entrepreneurs and, and you may get into this space of just being a doer, right? I'm an action taker. I take action. Um, you know, so that is something that, um, you know, for you to think about is like, okay, you know, if I'm an action taker, am I spending time doing this? And look, this is one of those things where I just want to be real intentional about talking about what goes on here, because I see a lot of business owners do this where they say, you know, Brandon, I don't have time for all that fluffy nonsense, you know, uh, touchy feely crap. Like I'm just someone who likes to go in and get stuff done. Like I'm a doer. That's what I do. I do things. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Right. But the problem is, is if you're doing and your action is not purposeful, if it's not conscious, right? Like I want to be a conscious creator, not an unconscious creator. And you can be an unconscious creator. You can go through your day every single day without having any sort of intentional thought about why you're doing it and how it fits into the bigger picture of your life. You can literally go days and weeks doing that. How do I know that? Because I've done that. I know that you can do that because I've done that. And I know other people that do that, not only today, but you know, have, that have done that in the past. I've run across a lot of people who are unconscious creators, but I want to be a conscious creator. So action is important. And I don't want to say that uh, you know, you're, you're going to think your way to success here because you've got to take a step. Action is important, but purposeful action, conscious creation 
is what matters. And everything that I do, I want to think about how does this fit? How do I feel doing it? Um, where do I feel like this really serves? Does this really fit with the vision that I see for myself? Does it fit my values? What do I value? Gosh, you know, something right here bugs me. Why is this bugging me so much? Why did that person's phrasing really uh, trigger me or rub me the wrong way? Why did this person, uh, why did this thing that I saw here really bother me so much? Like it just, you know, uh, you know, and I, and I can now play around with that and explore that to really understand like, well, what is it about these things that maybe tell me a lot about who I am and how I show up? And look, if you're, if you're working through this process of your identity, look, your, your actions are going to really help you to form that identity. And, and I think that's the, the creation piece, but how do you create Everything that you do around your identity from, you know, the experience that you create to, um, you know, the the different uh, products and services that you offer to the size of company that you want to the way that uh, to the types of people that you work with. All those things are going to be really, uh, you know, earthed out of your identity, the identity of you, the identity of your business. And that's something that you can utilize to build a legacy with. And so. I want to challenge you if you're not taking the time to get in that space and really understand, man, who am I? What am I doing? And is this the pathway that I want to walk on? Ask yourself, what is getting in your way? What is getting in your way from doing that? And what is the next step that you can take to start looking at that and exploring that? And who do you need on your team? And I'm not talking about your literal work team, but maybe just people in your life that support you. Who do you need on your team to help you walk that journey to find out what it is that, you know, who you are, what that looks like at the highest level, and the group of people who can help you understand that, uncover that, and encourage you to take steps in being that because it's likely going to be different than the person you are today. And that kind of thing is always scary. So that is the podcast today. What is your identity? It's not a small question. It's a big question. Wrestle with that. Think about that. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. You can go to newworkrevolution.com. On the show notes, you can uh, you can share with me any questions or thoughts that you have there. I uh, would be happy to uh, answer or get back to you on anything that you have there, Facebook, Instagram, any of those things. Hit me up. Uh, if you like the show, share it. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, rate us on iTunes, rate us on Stitcher. Um, iTunes is going away, but uh, whatever it's going to be called later, podcast, whatever, um, you know, check us out, rate us. And hey, till we talk again next, have a great next uh, one, maybe two, maybe three weeks, and uh, we'll be in touch again real soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.